Hi, it's Father Rick, and I want to welcome you to St. Michael's Episcopal Church. I'm really glad you found us. Please know that we accept you wherever you are on your spiritual journey, and we trust that God will take you where you need to be, right in God's timing. We're just glad that you're here with us, and we hope you enjoy today's sermon. God bless. Oh God, you are here. And we are here. Lord, breathe on us and give us your spirit. And may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. You may be seated. So we got any Beatles fans in here? Any Beatles fans? Y'all know who the Beatles are? Really? I'm impressed. I mean, they did break up 50 years ago. And right after the breakup, Sarah Sir reminds me that on his 1970 triple album, All Things Must Pass, former Beatle George Harrison wrote a song. It's entitled, Behind That Locked Door. Now, he wrote this song because he had become good friends with Bob Dylan, and it was a message of encouragement to Dylan, to his friend who had retreated from performing live for several years and had lived in virtual seclusion uh, with his family for like three years. And so uh, Harrison wrote this song urging him to leave behind his self-doubt, reveal his talents once again to the world. The lyrics are, why are you still crying? Your pain is gone now, though through your pain is now through okay let me start that one over that's kind of the way he was working it out and I and and I was doing it like Harrison as he wrote it but the final lyrics are this why are you still crying your pain is now through please forget those teardrops let me take them from you the love you are blessed with the world is waiting for so let out your heart please please from behind that locked door. And I think these lyrics, these words, this message is Jesus' message to his disciples and what we just read in the Gospel of John. It's Easter evening. It's Sunday, the resurrection, right? And the disciples were in seclusion. They were hiding in self-doubt behind the locked door in the upper room. Now, the Gospel indicates that they feared the authorities. In other words, they were worried that perhaps the religious leaders who had handed Jesus over would capture them as well. And then they were also concerned that perhaps, uh, according to the Roman government, it would not be a good thing to take a body. And they were afraid that as his followers, they may be accused of taking Jesus' body. So they were afraid, but they were also grieving, afraid, ashamed, humiliated, for they had fled. They had abandoned their friend during his arrest. And now here they are in a room, the upper room, locked behind closed doors, hiding in fear. Now, have you ever hidden in fear? Have you ever been afraid of something? Have you ever been ashamed of something? Have you ever been humiliated? Or, you know, when you're grieving, that can send you behind some locked doors, can it? I mean, you think that you need to hide. 
Notice that the gospel describes the house, the doors, the locks, but I think this is more than just a physical house with walls or doors or deadbolts or whatever. I think the gospel writer is describing an interior condition of the disciples. It was what was going on inside them that he's describing. The locked places of our lives are always more about what's going on inside us than what's going on around us. Like the disciples, sometimes we just want to hide. We don't want to deal with what's going on in our lives, with the reality of our lives. But here's the truth. Every time we shut the doors of our life, our minds, our hearts, we end up locking ourselves in. Now, the disciples, much like them, we get locked behind these doors, don't we? Grief, sorrow, guilt, traumas that happen to us in our lives, those wounded places. They send us into hiding. They send us into a place where we are afraid. Fear, doubt, pride does the same thing. Shame especially does that. Shame the sense that we're unworthy and that there's nothing good about us. It sends us into hiding behind locked doors out of fear. But there's also locked doors, I think, of resentment, anger, judgmentalism. You ever resented someone? You ever been angry at someone? You ever judged someone? You know? Like, you know, you don't necessarily say it, you just think it. You see, it kind of locks us behind these doors. I mean, just prior to this service, believe it or not, my door started to get locked because there's some things that happen sometimes prior to the service that's frustrating and irritating. And I noticed in my frustration and my irritation, my heart started to do this. And what happens when we get these locked doors, they bind us and they seal off the rooms of our heart that prevent ourselves, our true selves from being discovered, that prevent love from coming in and love from coming out. I mean, we think that we're locking the world out, but in fact, all we're doing is locking ourselves in. You ever been there? You know what I'm talking about? So I ask you, what doors, what doors have you locked yourself behind? Any? Do you have any doors that you've locked yourself behind? Maybe it's fear. Maybe it's unbelief or cynicism or maybe it's self-doubt. Maybe it's indifference. You know what I mean? I mean, but that's the reality, is it? And when we're like that, you all know what I'm talking about, don't you? Give me an amen if you do. All right, there we see. Now we're coming alive. It's Easter. I'm really proud of you. But, but, but the truth is, if you feel lost, betrayed, fearful, overwhelmed, indifferent, Here's the beauty of the gospel today. This is the house. This is the place that Jesus enters into. And he calls you like George Harrison did his friend Bob Dylan to let out your heart from behind that locked door. It's Easter. They're in the upper room. They're scared. They're afraid. They're ashamed. They're feeling guilty. And Jesus, it says, come and stood among them and said, Peace 
That's what they did. They're like, ah! And he said, peace be with you. Peace. Now that word peace is not just, you know, namaste, I'm on the mountain, life is good. That's one part of it, but it's more than that. It means shalom, right? And it's well-being of heart, mind, and body, and soul. And so when Jesus is saying, peace be with you, he's saying something deep. Now, yeah, they abandoned him, but Jesus is saying, yeah, you fell away, you abandoned me, you got afraid, you ran, but I'm here. And I am your Lord. I am your friend. I am the one who makes you whole. I am your Savior. I am here. Jesus didn't come and condemn these people. Jesus didn't come and ridicule or beat them up or tell them they should have done it differently. No, he's essentially saying, you're forgiven, you're released, you're restored. You are my disciples, my apprentices. You are in God's grace and in God's love forever. See, peace be with you. Every time Jesus shows up, Jesus offers peace, shalom, wholeness. And here's something beautiful. After he said this to them, you know what he did? He showed him his hands, his wrists. He showed him his side where he had been punctured. And they see his wounds and they rejoice because they know, they know this is real. How in the world is it real? I don't know, but there he is. And they rejoiced. And here's the truth. When the disciples see his wounds, they believe. They give themselves over to it. They rejoice. And it's true for us as well. Meeting Jesus, greeting Jesus occurs, you all ready for this? Not on top of the mountain. Not on top of the mountain. Meeting Jesus and greeting Jesus occurs when we recognize the wounds. When we recognize the wounds in ourselves and others. That is where Jesus, God, meets us. You know, I told you all the story 10,000 times, but, but I led a program, I started a spirituality group with heroin addicts at the Methadone Clinic at San Francisco General in San Francisco, California. And I was told, you know, these are the worst of the worst. Why in the world would you want anything to do with these people? Why in the world would you want these people who have burned every bridge in their lives? They're essentially worthless, they're a pain, and they're a nuisance. Why would you want anything to do with them? The only thing I know is that I uh, think God's leading me to do this, like I'm supposed to do this, right? And so I did. And here's the crazy thing. You know, y'all have been to the beach somewhere or on a mountain or whatever, and you feel that peace. And sometimes, you know, it's just wonderful. Or you're holding hands with your loved one, and you just have this moment, and you feel like, wow, 
Or maybe you've been in worship, you know, where you've been at the altar and somebody's placed the communion host in your hand and you just, whatever, you get those moments where you feel the presence of Christ. You're like, man, it's like God is here. Y'all ever had one of those moments? Good. I'm really happy to hear that. Right? Give me an amen. All right. So that's a joke. But you've experienced that, haven't you? You know, I've had those experiences too. But I will tell you the truth. The place that I've most experienced Jesus, like tangible, like where I'm floating on air, right? Or like I'm walking on air, was with those homeless unwanted heroin addicts and I wasn't expecting it it was in the wounds that Jesus shows up and it's real and that's what happens with us see you can't see Jesus until you see the wound it's in the places of pain and loss that God shows up. It's in the gaping wounds and the scars of our lives that God shows up. It's in the holes in our hearts and in the holes in the heart of the world. That's where Jesus meets us. Not always on top of the mountain or at the beach, right? I mean, the central theme... The central theme of the gospel is that Jesus comes looking for us, right? I mean, isn't that what it's about? We don't go find God. You ever had somebody tell you, you need to find God, or that person needs to find Jesus? No, no, it's not the... Jesus comes to us. God comes in search for us. Jesus is always entering the locked places of our lives. And sometimes he comes unexpected, sometimes he comes unwanted, sometimes he comes uninvited. And he steps into the closed doors, the closed hearts, the closed lives, our closed minds. And he brings something to us in that moment. And this is something you all don't want to miss over here on this side of the room. When Jesus comes through the door of our hearts, just like those disciples that day, they experience joy. We experience joy joy of his companionship see Jesus comes and he offers merciful forgiveness for our failings and our shortcomings he offers us unconditional love he offers us the ability to become our authentic selves he offers us wisdom to guide us on our way he offers us strength to walk with our struggles when Jesus comes through the door of our lives he calls us just like Harrison did Dylan, to let out our hearts from behind that locked door. When Jesus comes through the closed doors of our lives, he gives us a new identity and a new purpose. We can no longer hide behind those locked doors, but we are sent out into the world to be bearers of God's love. And where do we see Jesus? How do we bear God's love? We do it in the wounds and the scars and the holes of the hearts of others. That's what we're called to be. That's what Jesus called his disciples to be that day. Jesus breathed on them, right? He, he, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. 
when Jesus breathes into life, he brings life to what appears to be lifeless. Just like those heroin addicts. He breathed on them and he brought life to what looked lifeless. And it changed them and it changed me. His spirit, see, can't be stopped by locked doors or walls or closed off places of any kind. His spirit pushes us out of our own locked doors, those real or imagined doors, those spiritual doors, whatever, into the places of need, into the places that need hope and love and forgiveness and promise, places where people are hurting and fearful and in need of hope and new life. He breathes on us. Not so I can sit on top of the mountain and have inner peace. No, he breathes on us because he has something to do with us. See, he says to his disciples that day, as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Welcome to the church. After finding the disciples, giving them peace, bringing them joy by his presence, empowering them with his Holy Spirit, what does he do? He gives them a mission and a message. See, Easter says that God, in Christ, resurrection, identifies with us, joins us, enters us, fills us, and raises us. Why? So that we can give ourselves to it. That we participate in Easter. Easter is every day. We participate in resurrection. He said, hey, if you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. See, this is all about reconciling us to God and to one another. Reconciliation is why Jesus came, right? All that's messed up and broken, all that's lost, all that's separated. In his profound love, God comes for us to reconcile us back to God again, just like we were created for, and to one another, forgiven, and restored, the disciples were empowered to continue his work of reconciling and reconciliation in this world. See, we say and we proclaim, Hallelujah! It is Easter, and he has risen, but he doesn't rise. He slips through the locked doors of our hearts. And he speaks peace to our fear. And he fills us with his life-giving spirit. And he calls us to rise with him. And today's message is that you've been blessed. You've been given his peace. You've been given his joy. He has breathed on you. And for the love we are blessed with is the love that the world's waiting for. So let out your hearts from behind those locked doors. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
If you like today's message, please subscribe to our podcast and be sure to tell your friends. You may also check us out on YouTube at youtube.com backslash St. Michael's Orlando. Until next time, remember, God loves you with a love you did not earn, and therefore, you can never lose.